everyone, and welcome back to the Pretty Powerful Podcast, where we are empowering women through beauty and business. Today, I'm so excited. Uh, We are diving into the pastry and baking industry. A lot of women are uh, aspiring to be a part of this industry, and our guest today, Delights by Dawn, She has been in the industry since 2014. Um, She is a career changer. I mean, there's just so many layers here that I'm so excited to share with you all. And I think that her story will really inspire and motivate you. Um, If you're a career changer, if you just love the cupcake and bake, pastry world so we're going to go ahead and start and I'm going to let Dawn introduce herself and tell us all about her background and her journey up into um, leading up into her diving into the cupcake world okay great well thank you I am very very happy to be here and um, yes my name is Dawn Belial and I own an online baking business based out of Atlanta Georgia called Delight Dawn and I actually specialize in adult desserts. So basically I do alcohol infused cakes, cupcakes, and other desserts that I come up with that I can infuse with alcohol. Um, The business actually formed back in 2008, but I'm a lawyer and I was practicing and very much into my career at that time. So it was just kind of like a possibility, but I incorporated anyway. Um, but um, throughout the years, I decided, I mean, I've always baked and I decided that I wanted to do it. I always knew I wanted to do it full time. So in 2014, I decided to jump out, stop practicing law full time in the traditional way and go full time into the yeah, baking we business. We have that in common. So <laughs> yes, we do. And I actually started out with cake. So for years, I've been doing like mm-hmm. the rum cake and alcohol infused cake. I didn't do cupcakes till 2013. Okay. And then that's when I kind of started experimenting. You know, friends were asking me about cupcakes. I actually hated <laughs> cupcakes. But I was like, if I'm going to do cupcakes, I'm not going to do regular cupcakes. Because at that time, there were so many cupcakers. Yeah. There were just so many people doing cupcakes. I'm like, I'm not jumping into that big old yeah. pond. So what can I do different, mm-hmm. you know? And so I started converting a couple of the cakes that I did into cupcakes. And then I started thinking about the stuff I like to drink and started developing recipes, incorporating um, the alcohol. And I was a big Falcons fan back then. <laughs> back so I tailgated then. a lot <laughs> back then. Back then <laughs> I tailgated a lot and, um, I took them out to the tailgates and folks were like, oh my God, these are great. You should try to get them in the dome. I never thought about that. And I was like, you know what? Hey. And literally my first big contract was with the Georgia Dome selling the cupcakes at all the Falcons games and any events they had at the wow. dome. And that's what made me say, okay, I'm going to stop practicing yeah, law. Now- uh, and I stopped practicing law full time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of how I started. I kind of started like wham, bam, right out the gate. Because from there, I went to Fort Arena. Then I did NASCAR. And then I did a little stint at the Braves. So I started out in the mm. stadium. So so when you say you kind of started off and it was a wham, bam, but I think it's important for our viewers or our listeners to understand the backstory before that you were baking for friends and you, you, there were years there. Can you speak a little bit to that? Like the time you spent honing your craft? Oh yeah. So 
I'm self-taught. I learned from my mom. She was a great cook and even a great baker. And it's crazy because when I got into this, I, I used to watch my mom make two, three tier wedding cakes when I didn't even know that's what they were at the time. I would just sit there and watch her decorate. And I would just like, you know, eat some of the candy <laughs> that she would try to put on the cake. So, I mean, so I've been baking for years. Um, when I say years, I've always baked. Like I said, the rum cake was my original, my original thing. And it's still one of my, one of the most popular cake besides the Hennessy one that I make. And I just, you know, always used to cook and entertain. I always yeah. had friends over. So even as a lawyer, so, you know, I would always bake. So people would be like, oh, can you make me, can you make me a cake? And of course, in the beginning, I was like, okay, sure. And then folks were like, well, can you make me a cake? I'll pay you for it. And I was like, hmm. <laughs> right, the demand, okay. the demand was there. Right, that might be a little side. And that's all I thought it was okay. at the time, was like a little side hustle to make some money off of it. And this was back in the 90s when I was doing this, so late 90s. And so then I said, well, if I got the one cake, let me try to see what other things. So yeah, over the years, you know, I continue to hone on my baking skills. Uh, they've come a long way, especially my decorating skills. Um, but I'm slightly artsy. So I always had that, you know, that arts creative thing going because I used to paint and I do all kind of I've always had that creative yeah. side. So baking and cooking was my way of letting that out and being able to use it. So I've always done it and I'm always trying to always trying yeah. to improve on whatever it is right. that I'm doing. So yeah. So it was years before then, before I said, okay, let me see if I could maybe actually maybe try mm -hmm. to make it a business. And even then I wasn't that serious because I was still kind of like right in the middle of my legal career. And, and I was married at the time and I had a, a, a son. And so that was more stable. So that's what, you know, caused me to just yeah. be like, okay, it'll be there if someone, yeah. asks, you know, so yeah. So, so mm -hmm. how old was your son or your children when you in 2014 when you decided to go full time with your baking? So mm -hmm. I have one son and he's now 25. And I think in 2014 he was about 20. He was he was 17. No, he was like 17. Said, oh yeah, 2014 is 2020. So you're talking yeah. about Six years? Yeah. Yeah. He was like 17, 18, because he actually helped me a little bit in the beginning. Him and his girlfriend helped me a little bit in the beginning um, at the dome um, because we had to physically be at the dome. Um, so they helped me out a little bit. So, no, he was about, yeah, he was about, yeah. Um, yeah I think he grew up okay, in 2012. So, so he's about so 17. All the moms 17. that are listening, you, you can put your 17, 18, 19 year olds to work. It's their time oh, yeah. to pay you back now. <laughs> that's right that's some payback time for all the stuff you've done for them and help them out yeah he was boxing up stuff and putting yes. stickers on plastic containers yes, yes. yes. and it's really empowering <laughs> for them to see see their mom you know doing yeah. something they're really passionate about seeing that ingenuity yeah. and creativity I think it goes a long way yeah. for, for a kid to even see that you know um, okay, so one of the questions we were going to discuss was the support that you had early on. And I think you kind of touched on that, like your son, um, his girlfriend. So, mm -hmm. And I always tell um, our aspiring entrepreneurs and women in business, family is going to be that first 
whether it's a husband, kids, an aunt, a grandparent, you know, you definitely want to lean on family to kind of get you going. So I agree with you Mm -hmm. on that, but people need to also know that sometimes family won't provide the biggest support or the support that you the would, way you I guess expect from them as Absolutely. a family yeah Absolutely. because yeah because a lot of times you know and even with some friends you know people know that you're in a certain mm-hmm. box and when you yes. move out of that box some people may not be able to deal with it but yes you should always go first to your family and you will have some family members that will totally support right. you and that's great but for the ones that don't or act like they don't want to my thing is is don't even get yourself worked up and work you know yeah. worked up about that you just you just deal with the people who are and want to genuinely see you succeed and help you. And a lot of times your friends had a lot of support, a lot of support Mm -hmm. from my friends because they were just excited for me doing something that they knew that I was passionate about and they wanted to be a part of it. And to the extent that they wouldn't let me pay them when I would want to pay them financially. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I agree. I agree. You know, I think it's, going back to the family piece it's like you know you what do you mm-hmm. expect of your family and it's like bringing down those expectations just a little bit because that word family yeah. can be so big and you put all the expectations mm-hmm. on family members and they want to help but at the end of the day we're all people yeah. you know and it's hard people have things going yeah. on but yeah. um but that's good that you yeah. have friends you know that would help you and you need that support. yes oh mm-hmm. friends for sure and I, and I want to say this is if you do have children and, and they don't have to be 17, 18, mm. they can be younger. This is a good opportunity for you to teach yeah. them about, you know, business or finances or marketing. This is a great opportunity for the kids not only to help, but if you make them feel like, you know, that you're just not the taskmaster, mm-hmm. but if you give them something mm-hmm. to do that will contribute to the business, it makes them feel, especially if it's something that they like, they like social media, yeah. you know, nowadays, and you have a teenager, you know, it makes them feel like they're part of the business. You never know what you are stirring up inside mm-hmm. that head for them to have yeah. aspirations to, to do later on or find something that they love to do and try to make that a career or yeah, yeah. a business it, it of their own to think outside of the box especially seven eight ten years old yep. they're seeing wor- the world in a mm-hmm. whole different way now they're seeing yep. that entrepreneurship right up close and personal um absolutely, absolutely. yeah I, I agree with you a thousand percent especially as a teacher having had a past experience as a teacher um those are their most impressionable mm-hmm. years six seven eight years old you know they're yes. just taking it all in so mm-hmm. i i totally agree totally agree so working moms um alrighty, so for our ladies that are saying like you know i want this is a big hurdle for a lot of entrepreneurs that or aspiring entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. I should say this question of like, how much okay. money do I need to start with? I personally try to steer people away from that because I always tell them, you know, it's the idea, it's the ingenuity, it's the bootstrapping, like don't feel like you need to have a certain dollar amount, but what do you think mm-hmm. as it relates to like this business specifically, if, if there, if for the listeners that are, I want to have a cupcake business 
what amount of mm-hmm. money or what would you advise as it relates to the finances to get started? So the old adage, it takes money to make money is okay. absolutely true. So I, I kind of get a little upset when I hear multimillionaire entrepreneurs saying, oh, I didn't have anything. And then I just, that's a <laughs> lie. You either had a family member, yeah. it is, but it's the truth. And it upsets me because it's not real. It's not realistic, especially yeah. for us. And especially for minority women, mm-hmm. women of color, because you know, they may have had a grandmother or grandfather that gave them $50,000 alone, quote unquote, loan after they used up all their money. And a lot of us may not have family members that can give us that kind of money. We don't have friends that if we did a crowdfunding, we can raise triple what we need. So that's, yeah, that's a total, I hate, I hate when I hear entrepreneurs do that and they sell that. So what I would say to people is the first things first, I made mistakes and I learned from my mistakes and I now teach people in regards to that based on my mistakes. So the first thing that I will say is I know that a lot of times if you're in corporate America or like I was in the legal and I was just so tired of the law. What's crazy is that before I really did this, I knew like 10 years before I had already said I'm not doing law for the rest of my life. So I really kind of envision it. I just spoke it, but I never really had a plan to really do it. I just was like, I'm not doing this. I'm going to have my own, my own bakery, baking my stuff, you know, but what I will say is one of the things that I have absolutely learned. So in 2014, I did jump out. I literally cut all my contracts that I was on. I was a criminal trial attorney, a defense attorney. So I was a prosecutor for 15 years. And in the last 10 years, I was a defense attorney and I cut the contracts. I stopped taking clients and I was making good money as a defense attorney. So I just was tired. I didn't want to do it anymore. I wasn't happy. It wasn't fulfilling me. And I wanted to do what I wanted to do. Now I will say this, there is a difference when you are a, um, person who you have a support, meaning a, you have a significant other or a spouse and there's another mm-hmm. income coming in as opposed to yeah. if you're single and you're the only yeah. income coming in. So people try to not want to differentiate, but when it comes to entrepreneurship and business, yeah. you have to differentiate because my struggle is not going to be the same as your struggle and your struggle ain't going to be the, your struggle sure ain't going to be the same as mine because you got somebody else right. that's bringing an in income. So when I stopped with that legal, okay, all that money I was making, pretty much that that was gone. Okay. Um, But right. So I say to people this, a couple things. So I say that to say, if you are in that scenario, oh, I hate my job. I want to, there's a book that I was given by a banker when I was trying to get a storefront a couple of years ago. And I recommend this book all the time, because if I would have had this book before I quit doing the law, I would have done it differently. And it's called Hmm. The Quitter by John Acuff, A-C-U-F-F. And that book, The Quitter, The Quitter, because it's basically a book that tells you how to really quit your job and when, and how to change your mindset when you're at that job so that it's not miserable for you and you actually use it as a stepping stone or something that can help you get to where it is you want to with this business you want to start. Okay. Okay. 
So it helps you to know, use that job to help feed what you need for you to get mm-hmm. your business up mm-hmm. and going. Okay. So no, you can't quit your job and then think I'm going to start a business. You need to keep that job because you're going to have to use in the beginning, you're going to have to bootstrap it and you're going to have to use, you're going to need, and you're going to have to use your own money. I mean, I had to use my own money in the beginning for everything before I was generating the income that I needed to generate from the business where I didn't have to use my personal, but I had to use my personal Mm -hmm. to get supplies. I had to use my, my personal to get licensing. I had to use my personal to, for marketing. I mean, because you have to get out there. I had to use my personal for branding, for cards, for, I mean, stick, I mean, it's a lot. We're in the food industry. It's not, an easy mm-hmm. industry. People Does think it, it is because it looks fun. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. Wow. It's not. Wow. Mm-hmm. So I would definitely have to say you definitely need to have um, um, some money saved up um, to start off in the beginning. If I'm sitting here thinking um, licensing and just getting, being able to have your supplies and your products and not kind of, I would just say at a minimum, you should put aside about maybe like five grand, okay. I would put say, aside five to be grand honest. To get you started. Yeah. And what you're saying yeah. is what I think I hear you, hear you saying is from there, continue to work because you're going to be bootstrapping, meaning you're going to be working. You're going to kind of be moonlighting, yes. doing this on the side, yep. after work, before work, yep. weekends. And as yep. you're going, you still need mm-hmm. that extra, basically use your job as an operating expense. Yes. But here's the thing. And that this is what this book taught me too. When you have your consistent income coming in from your job, whether it's full-time or part-time. Because what he told me was, Dawn, use your skills. I don't care if you do it part-time or full-time. He says, I have a client. He works a full-time job in the daytime and he runs his full-time restaurant Mm -hmm. at night. He said, whatever it is, full-time or part-time. Because what that does and what that book he told me to read taught me was, when you don't have that consistent money coming in, So now your bills for your business is not only paying, uh, you have to use it for the business, but now you have to use it for the personal. So now you're like stressed out when enough income doesn't come in to cover everything and you're making bad decisions in regards to, oh, I got to do this because all you're thinking about is hustling up the next gig or what you got to do to make that money. But if you have your consistent money coming in that pays for your personal and you're not worried about how you're going to pay your rent personally next month because you're depending solely on the business and you don't have enough income coming Mm -hmm. in yet to be Mm -hmm. able to do that, then you make better and strategic business decisions for the business and your cash flow can continue to grow instead of it constantly being Mm -hmm. depleted. And I did go through that Mm -hmm. for about a year. Um, After I stopped doing the stadiums and I had to kind of pivot, I did go through that. I absolutely did go through that for a minute and it was horrible. And it was the first time because I'm really, you know, I consider myself to be good with money, but as an entrepreneur, you're going to have these roller coasters and people need to understand that this is a roller coaster. I never liked (laughs) roller coasters before, like the real ones. 
But this entrepreneur roller coaster, it it is different. Mm -hmm. It's different. So my thing would, and 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 I would say this too. Downsize what you can. People don't realize you don't need a lot of the stuff that you think you have that you need. Uh, Actually, when you think going on, we're learning like exactly. Yeah, the mall. Right, and to be uh, right. Yeah. Right. And to be honest, you don't really need a lot of people don't really need the salary that they think that they need to live. It's just that they have overextended themselves with everything yeah. else. So one of the things that I kind of did, too, was I downsized a little bit on a lot of stuff. And to be honest with you, it's very it freeing it to downsize from a lot of those chain ball Wrecking balls is what I call them. It's very freeing. And if you're going to be an entrepreneur, there are going to be times that you're going to have to live mm-hmm. skimply. And so if you've downsized, you're not going to be that stressed about it as if you didn't downsize. And now yeah. you're like, yeah. oh, my God. Yeah. And I, and I to your point about making good decisions for the business, you know, if you need to comp something for a client or if you need to say, hey, I'll take right. care of that for you to show goodwill in your business. You can't do that mm-hmm. because you're so strapped because you have all these other bills. Right. And so if you can like speak into mm-hmm. your point, if you can downsize, if you can live off of half of your salary, mm-hmm. if you can figure out some way to do that, that's going to give you. And then you can't be creative yeah. when you're stressed. Right. You can't. You absolutely mm-hmm. cannot. And even if you're working now and even if you take a hundred dollars each paycheck and just kind of put it aside. And that's your business fund for you to start off. Because like I said, you're going to have to, with the baking business, you know, you're going to have to start off, um, you know, getting the legal part. We can talk about that later. Your legal foundation Mm -hmm. in order and your insurance, because people don't know and think about this, your insurance, your licensing. Um, If you're going to be a home baker, Georgia does have a home baker license. That's that's for this purpose, for people just starting out. They can start because we have a lot of followers and clients that are in mm-hmm. this uh, the cooking space and they're working out of their right. homes and they're trying to decide like how do I go from my home to a location or what all can I even do in my home? Can you right. explain the home baker and what all can sure. uh, can our ladies do from home work wise? So I rebranded my law practice once I started the once I got into the business because I saw the need and I saw the lack of knowledge and information that people had in regards to the the laws and the regulations with home baking and also mm-hmm. forming their business. So across the country, except for New Jersey, every state has what is called a cottage food. You can be a cottage food producer. Cottage food means that you are able to make certain foods out of your home that you can sell for a business. The purpose of the cottage food laws is to allow people when they're starting off to not have to have all the overhead storefront and all Mm -hmm. that stuff and be able to build their business. And eventually, if they build it to the point, then they can move on to either a commercial kitchen or they can move on to their own storefront. And so every state has a has cottage food rules. Georgia, we actually have a license. So you actually every year have to pay to get a license um, to be able to produce out of your home. Everybody can't produce How out much of their is homes. The license cottage food for is the cottage food. It's a okay. hundred dollars okay. a year. 
Right. And they can find out that information a little bit more either through me, Law Office of Don Belial, because I do consultations and stuff like that. But the Department of Agriculture is the agency that oversees okay. that. And so you you can become a cottage food baker. They come, they inspect your kitchen and, you know, you turn on, you do all your paperwork. It's I suggest it's best to be incorporated before you get the license and all that kind of stuff. But there are also other steps that people need to know before they even apply for the cottage food license. So you can become a cottage food baker, but you can only mm-hmm. bake certain things. Now for caterers is different because you are doing foods. And most of the time caterers cannot make their food. If you're cooking food out of your home for sale, not in Georgia, you actually have to work out of a commercial kitchen. So you don't have to have a storefront, but you may have to go to a shared commercial kitchen to produce your food because that's inspected Okay, Every so, year, a cottage food baker is not. So explain that a and little, so, 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 you know, I highlight that dif- how they differ a little more. The catering, you yeah. need to be in a commercial space if you're catering, but a cottage food is more yes. baking. Yeah. Yes, baking. So for cottage food, you can bake. And the, the rule is, Anything that they considered non-hazardous. In in simple words, if the items you are making do not have to be in a certain temperature or refrigerated, then you can produce it. But if it's something that has to be refrigerated for it yeah. not to spoil, you cannot make it. So you can't do cheesecakes oh, at okay. home. Okay. You know. Things that things that they feel would could grow bacteria unless it's put into a refrigerator, you cannot make even Grats. as a cottage food person. Catering is different. It's food. So with cottage food, they inspect your kitchen that one time. Mm-hmm. They never inspect it again. You have to label your products and label your stuff certain kind of way. And the only time they ever come out again to inspect is if someone complains and say, oh, I got food poisoning or something was in this food because then they're going to track it back to you Mm -hmm. because you have to have your labeling and then they're going to come to your kitchen and inspect, okay? With the catering, because you're dealing with food and it's a lot more potential for food illnesses to occur, they have to work out of a commercial kitchen. Now, it doesn't mean you have to get your own storefront. There are a lot of, there not a lot, I shouldn't say that. There are a few big name shared kitchen spaces that you can actually get a license and that kitchen is going to be your base. And that kitchen is a shared kitchen, a commercial kitchen that gets inspected every year to prevent any type of foodborne illnesses. So I was a member of a commercial kitchen early on, Prep Kitchen, which I think is the most known one here. And you go, you join, you're a member for a year, depending on how many hours you need a month. Mm -hmm. It is is a little pricey. You pay monthly and you are able to go to the facility. What's the price for, for you to have a membership at the commercial kitchen? So at, as far as prep is concerned, I think the last time I checked, which was a few months back, it was something like if you needed 20 hours, it goes by the number of hours. So like I think 20 hours, it was wow. $600 a you month. For 20 when hours? I started prep back in the day. Yeah. When I started prep back in the day, it was 20 hours for $400 a month. But there's such a demand and there's a need 
that and there's not that many commercial kitchens, I kind of feel, you know, that the ones that are there, they're yeah. kind of taking advantage of the people so, that really need it. So I have a concept that I'm developing myself, which was supposed to take place this summer, but because of this, it's going to push it back. It's going to help smaller home baking business um, people, um, something like, like that. But I'm going to offer a lot more based on my experience and my background. So a caterer would have to go and they would have to work out What's of, you have shared kitchen, kitchen, you have you prep kitchen. Before? Prep, okay. Prep, prep kitchen. That one's on Chambly Tucker. Then there's another one in Decatur called shared kitchen. And then... There's another one. I don't know the name of it, but it's up on 285 somewhere, but oh, they're expensive sure. also. So um, that's, a that's lot unfortunately started. 600 a month and you're trying to build a clientele. Right. You're actually trying to market it. That's a lot. Right, right, right. So my whole thing is people say, oh my gosh, you cook so good. You should try yeah. selling the stuff. It's not that easy because before, you know, my whole thing is, is that, what a lot of people don't do also is they don't do research. And when I say research, I mean really research. So that's the lawyer in me. It's not just you jumping out there. You need to look out there, think about what it is you're trying to offer. You need to look out there and see is that being offered in your area? Who's offering it? How many people? What are their prices? Mm -hmm. I mean, you really need to research this to see if it's something that you think that you could do as a business. And just like you said, the problem is unlike the home bakers where we can start off from home and we can be small and we don't have that overhead, a caterer will immediately have that overhead because you have to work out of a commercial kitchen. But my thing is, is you need to know whether you're going to have a following of people who are going to be able to help support that particular bill, which is that one bill monthly. That's the, that's only one thing because that's a different license. And I think that license is either a hundred or 150 a year insurance. So there's more than just that $600. So if you're that you a person paying. that's wanting right. to do, has an interest in doing, um, food prep or meal prep, you know, like kind of like a diet and you're helping support people and you're dropping off food and that needs to happen at a commercial kitchen. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. Yeah, pretty much. And so my suggestion was that's where you would kind of get into your marketing and kind of build up people wanting your stuff so you can kind of see. So do some meal preps at home, just kind of showing people what you're, you know, this is what I'm doing for me today, or this is what I'm doing for my family member, whatever. Um, or yeah, in the beginning, you're probably gonna have to do, and that's what I did, a lot of, oh yeah, you want a cake? No problem. And doing that and getting mm -hmm. that build up mm -hmm. through social media, which I didn't have back then, through social media, but also word of mouth. And once you get your friends that you're doing it for, your family, and they're like, oh yeah, we shared this with a friend, and they were like, da 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 and you start getting all these people that are saying, you know what, can you do that for me? Can you do that for me? And you kind of see where you might be able to, yeah. you're starting to build. Then that might be at the point where you say, okay, let me mm -hmm. give this a try and see, because now you kind of have a buildup of people wanting it, okay. get, getting okay. them to want it. But that's all a part of research 
and focus groups. You yeah. got to do that first. And I did that. I had people I didn't know tasting the cupcakes. Tell me what you think. Is it too much alcohol? Is not enough alcohol? Mm-hmm. Is it a good mm-hmm. balance? What about the frosting? I did a lot of that in the beginning. I didn't just jump out there, even though I was already a baker. People don't do their research in the beginning. And that's what causes most small businesses just like you can get any car you want, but whether you maintain it the right way, you can yeah. start a business all day long, but whether you're going to be sustainable and you're going to be around, you know, I'm happy. I made right. it past the five-year hump, that five-year mark. That's you. Thank you. I'm five and a half years in. I'm about to be six and I'm, and I'm mm. still going strong. And this year, I'm not going to say was because it's coronavirus. Know, this year right. still I am stating it's going to be the year for me and it's going to be bigger. And I'm, I'm going to be totally on a whole different concept this year. Uh, but it's because of my yeah, baking business yeah. and what I've been through, but you've got to do the focus groups okay. and you've got to do the research first. This is a perfect time with this yeah. causing us to be in that I suggest for people to sit down You at your computer Facebook, Instagram, all day long, mm-hmm. but you can get on the computer yeah. and you can research yeah. and see what you can find. I'm going to throw my plug in there. This is the perfect time. Get a consultation <laughs> if you need one. Um, yourself, you know, you and not only that, but the information. Yeah, you know, right. Yeah, and not only that, but classes. For these iPhones yeah. Just scroll on Instagram. You know, yep. it's amazing. Yeah. This is the time. perfect time. And I think like we yeah, got this is... so far away that we forget that in the 90s or late 90s, early 2000s, like we did not have all this information just sitting in our hand, right? And I think we've started to take it for granted no. that like there is so much power yep. right in your hand of information that you can learn that can change your life. Um, yeah. But yeah. people don't want to research. Yeah. That's not the part they want to do. And people that go into people that want to go into a baking business and a catering business, let me tell you now, and this is a big, big downfall of people in the food industry, is you got a skill or a talent, you're considered a creative. A lot of times creatives don't want to deal yeah. with the business side. Yeah. They just want to deal with creating. For me, because I had my own law practice and because of the field that I was in as my background, I knew yeah. I had to deal with that side. Absolutely. So for me, it was a little easier. But most people jump in and they don't want to deal with the actual yeah. business of it because you're not mm-hmm. you're in this mm-hmm. to make a profit. You're not in this to break mm-hmm. even or lose all the time. You're going to lose sometimes, yeah, but this absolutely. ain't just to break absolutely. even. And I've told, you and, know? and this is, yeah. I say this all the time. I've told lash artists and I continue to tell them or lash artists that are looking to be in the more. So I want to own my own lash business. It's 60% business, 40% art. The art is great, but if you don't understand yeah. the business side, the art won't matter. If you don't understand You're, where the yeah. money is made or the yeah. margins or how long you're taking to do a service, it won't matter. And it's the same thing I think you're saying for yeah. our women that are interested in the baking and the cooking and being in that space. Like you can be yeah. the best cook, but the best cook won't always win because that best cook may not understand the business nope. and they may not understand margins or food costs nope. and all of that. Right. And marketing Thank and marketing that. these Thank days is just that's exactly the next topic we were getting ready to go into. So marketing, what would you say is the most powerful tool for marketing? 
for you and your for me for, or just period your experience specifically since and, you're in since we're targeting like this space what has been the best tool for you okay. being in the baking and the food space okay it's definitely okay. Facebook and Instagram. Now, I, I tend to like Instagram a lot more now than I do Facebook because Facebook keeps changing their <laughs> stupid algorithms. And so, you know, I just get so annoyed with them that, you know, a lot of my followers do not see my stuff unless yeah. I pay for advertising. So that's one of the reasons yeah. why I don't like they Facebook as much anymore. Reach, yeah. But it's, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, they have. But if you have the money, again, so you have to have the money to do for real Facebook marketing for you to really see a return on your investment. Now I do little stuff here and there on Facebook, but I haven't plunged the kind of money. I've gone to so many um, classes. I've been in a lot of programs. I was one of the initial 15 women in the city of Atlanta women's entrepreneur uh, initiative program here in Atlanta a couple years back. And we, yeah, yeah. We were exposed to a lot of people that were trying to help us help our businesses and Facebook is, but when I tell you the amount of money, these people talk about, they spent, I'm like, Oh my God, I don't have that kind of money to spend on Facebook, but yeah, you got to, you've got to, you know, I didn't, I didn't learn that till later. You definitely got to build in a hefty budget for marketing, especially when you're talking about social media marketing. So Facebook and Instagram. Yes. I like Instagram. My, my followers are more engaged and that's probably because they see me as opposed to it. You know, like I said, Facebook, very few people see me, but I cross, I cross market. So whenever I post on Instagram, it automatically goes to my Facebook page. So I knew nothing about marketing. I knew nothing about public, you know, um, publicity. And I had a lot of people say to me, who is your PR person? Mm -hmm. I'm like, I ain't got no PR person. Mm-hmm. I ain't never had a PR person. I'm just aggressive. <laughs> so I am. I'm just aggressive. You know, I would reach out to people. I would reach out. I mean, and because of it, in the beginning, I did get a lot of, when I burst onto the scene, I did get a lot of national attention and some local attention. And I've been on TV here locally. I was on the cooking channel back in 2016 and they came to me. So every opportunity I see to reach out to somebody to try to, you know, say something or, Hey, I do it. And so, but that takes a lot of time too. And you have to be strategic in knowing how to do that. So marketing is the biggest thing. I tell people all the time, you can be the best damn baker in the world, but, if you aren't marketing yourself correctly, if your brand is not right, if people are not vibing your brand, if they're not connecting mm-hmm. with you and your brand, then that person who may not make as great uh, cupcakes or cake as you, but their marketing and their branding is on point, they're going to do better than you, even though their product Absolutely. is not so as good as your product. Me too. This is the question I ask all of our ladies. If you had to choose one, social media or mm-hmm. word of mouth, as in like this person tells this person about your cupcake, this person tells this person, if you absolutely could only choose one, which one would it be? Mm, okay. Social media. And I say that because you reach with word of mouth, mm, okay. it's not reliable. 
And that's limiting you to the people Mm -hmm. that have had your products. As opposed to social media, you can reach people who may not have had your products, but they have an interest mm-hmm. in the type of products that you offer and they're willing yeah. to try it and you or know buy what, Don, I think the distinction and I've learned this over the years I I agree with you to an extent as well like social media is just I mean it can do some amazing things and I think if you're a small business owner and you yeah. have not tapped into that you need to have done that like yesterday right you're um, losing out I think yeah. there's a distinction because I think some people think when you when you're talking about social media marketing influencers and I always tell people like leave that alone it's such a black hole um, yeah you don't know their real yeah. organic reach you don't know the demographics of their audience you don't know if they right. have the ability to influence the transaction so people always think oh social media right. social media I have to get this person to post this for me or I have to no, that's no. not what we're talking about right now, right? No, no. I don't use, I haven't used anybody. I haven't mm-hmm. used any influencer mm-hmm. to, here's my thing. I'm, I've always been someone that people have always said that I'm down to earth. Right. I tell it like it is. Probably some people don't like that. But my whole thing is, is I guess the new term is organic. I don't like fake phony. So my whole thing is, is I don't want you, if you're not interested in my products or what I have to offer or the things that I say or I do, then I don't need you to follow me because I'm not, I'm not going to pay for numbers just because the numbers are there. I want people who really are interested in what I do and what I offer Mm -hmm. to be right. Because they're going to be the ones that's going to order from me. They're going to be the ones that's going to tell their friends. And that's where your word of mouth is going to come from. That's going to really branch you out Mm -hmm. because I have that all the time. Oh, I was at a party and this person got your cupcakes and they were great. And now they're calling me to place an order for their party. So, uh, no, I'm not talking about influencers. Uh, You just Mm got to be yourself and you just got to be true. People can Mm -hmm. see through the phony. If you're organic and you're you're being true and you're being yourself, then people are going to that's Absolutely. a magnet for them. Absolutely. People are okay? looking for authentic. and they're gonna be interested mm-hmm. in your brand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just be authentic. I mean, I get on my Instagram and I do stories every day because I like it. I just yeah. I mean, I'm nuts. So my stories aren't necessarily all baking. It may be, you know. I used to do a segment called ATL Car Chronicles because I got slight road rage. And I had so many people that would watch it every day when I used to drive to this other contract gig that I had. And they'd be like, oh my God, we look forward to that every day. But it keeps them engaged. You know, I do my workouts in the morning and I'll do something on my stories to let them know this is my workout. If I'm baking and I'm doing something, then I go on there and I'm like, all right, y'all, I'm trying to make some bread, which I did the other day let's see how it turns out oh, it didn't turn out that great but we're gonna try yeah. again I went to Paris the entire time that I was in Paris everybody waited every day because I basically did a journaling via my Instagram stories I went to Paris in December for my 50th 
I know I'm 50. I am, I'm proud of it for my 50th birthday, but it was a culinary journey. I took oh, wow. four baking classes, a champagne pour, wow. and a cooking class. And I videoed a lot of the stuff. And every day I went on while I was walking through Paris, going to these places, and everyone mm. loved it. They loved it. So you yeah. just have to be yeah, authentic. Yeah. You have to be creative. And it will draw people into you authentic. if and, they and feel that me, you're being authentic. Just really put a pin in that as it relates to being authentic. You know, everyone was up in arms when Instagram took away the likes, right? Where you can't see how many likes another person got. But it speaks to this whole conversation about being authentic because everybody wants to have a page that looks like somebody else's. They see somebody do something, it gets a bunch of likes, now I'm doing it. But mm -hmm. that's not authentic to you. And now right. we have a Instagram world of everybody doing the same thing, right? And what drew people to your road mm -hmm. rage videos or your car chronicles was it was authentic to you. Like this is different. You know, you're, you're not doing an Instagram story yeah. that 10, 15 yeah. other people did. You did something different, but some people are discouraged to do what's authentic, authentic to them out of fear of like, likes, um, or I didn't see anybody. Right. And I don't know what the deal is with this likes. I still see my likes on Instagram. So no, I, don't, I didn't know that they took them away. You can't see other people's <laughs> likes. <laughs> Oh, oh, I see, and that's, and you know what? I never paid attention to that, so yeah. I didn't miss it. Because for me, going on Instagram is not about trying to compete and get as much likes as someone else, like you just yeah. said. It's me being authentic. I'm showing you guys my products. I'm telling you guys what's yeah. going on with me in the business. I'm telling you guys what's going on with me behind the scenes, because people like to see the behind the scenes aspects too. One thing I will say that I always tell people, please separate your personal and your business sure. Instagram. I don't need to see your personal stuff in your swimsuit right. on your business page. If it has nothing to do, if you ain't selling swimsuits, I really don't need to see that kind of stuff. You should separate your personal posts from your business posts because yeah. you never know yeah. who is looking at your Instagram feed. So if another company or some big corporation and you need to make it where it's authentic, it's good, but it it's not something that like, it'll, mm. only, it'll only open you up to a certain right. demographic and you'll be cut off from other opportunities. Right. Yeah. And I think people have exactly. to have that, especially a lot of our younger women, um, you know, you got to yes. grow and mature into that space where it's like, what, what am I sacrificing to get to where I want to go? You know, maybe I can't do all the posts that my girlfriends mm -hmm. are doing and what's popular right now because right. I want that. Oh, you can. You can do it on your personal Instagram page, <laughs> not on your business Instagram and right. make your personal right. Instagram yeah. page private. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so Don, tell me um, where, who are you watching in this industry, in the baking, in the cupcake industry? What brands or um, bakers or uh, storefronts, who are you watching that you think is someone that other aspiring bakers to watch? I love this uh, female out of Canada. I love her to death, but she, I would never do what she does, but I just love watching her. Her name is Yolanda Gamp. Yolanda, and she's a black for? female. She's a minority female. Yolanda Gamp, G-A-M-P. And her Instagram and YouTube channel is called How to Cake It. 
And she inspires me to want to do the stuff she does. She does sculpted cakes. And when I tell you, oh my God, oh my God, I, like <laughs> I'm going during this time, I'm probably going to sit down and try. You know, I did one for a business that was having an anniversary last year and they're, they're a food truck. And I was so proud of myself because it, it, it involved me doing a lot of cut out yeah. with fondant, which I don't work with a lot. And it, turned out so good on my Instagram pages for the Royal Pig Barbecue. And I made their logo into a big cake. So it was like the pig and it was purple. And I was just like (laughs) so amazed at myself. So Yolanda Gamp is someone that I absolutely um, um, watch. I do love her. Um, I do, I don't consider them competition, but I do watch kind of how their business model and what they do, Georgetown Cupcakes. Um, uh Yes, for sure. Yeah. Those ladies, absolutely. And and then there are a lot of people Mm -hmm. in the space, which I kind of wouldn't mind being in, but um, they're in the space where they're not necessarily selling. They basically are making money because brands are coming Mm -hmm. to them. They have thousands of followers and they're just being creative and making uh, cakes or making cupcakes or making what whatever on Instagram, but they're and, not actually selling cupcakes yes. in the retail space of it they're just creating right. and, and, and doing that on social right they're, right they're creative mm-hmm. and so they're getting a lot of sponsors they're getting a lot of brands that partner with them some of them do as a result of it come out with some type of retail like either merchandise or a cookbook mine's been sitting on my computer for three years but um you know uh but you know they so you have a lot of people on there that just i watch them to just kind of get ideas and inspiration so you just have to go on there um i like is there a instagram on instagram yeah and just Yes, cupcakes. Yep. If you just do hashtag cupcakes, you'll see a lot of these people. I also tend to like a lot of people from other Mm -hmm. countries because they bake a lot with fruits Mm -hmm. and their cakes are just classy. It's not a lot of, you know, sometimes all this stuff people are doing to be extra. It's just too extra, you know, and I like sometimes simple, Mm -hmm. classy, you know, and so I follow a lot of foreign you know like in russia and australia oh my god australia people have some mm, great australian bakers. Okay. oh my god yeah. okay so yeah yeah but yeah if you just go on there hashtag cupcakes there'll be a lot of people you just kind of go on the explore and see and if you see someone doing mm-hmm. something that you mm-hmm. think is great or inspirational you know go ahead and follow that person and then you'll start seeing you know similar stuff and just kind of just to get the inspiration. I go to bed every night. It's kind of relaxing for me. I get on my YouTube for bakers that I follow and I see what they've uploaded or I go through my explore wow, and just see wow, different things just to get awesome. inspiration. You have to stay inspired. You have mm-hmm. to watch artists or bakers who are where you're yes. looking to go and get some inspiration. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So in this last yeah. setback. Um, and going into our last segment for this afternoon, um, Don is just going to share a little bit with us around where where is the industry going um, as it relates to the cupcake and baking industry? And where do you think there are some opportunities um, for aspiring bakers? Are we still in the is all the rave still about cupcakes? Are we moving into a, something different? Where do you see things going? 
Um, this will always be popular. Um, I always tell people there are a lot of people out here doing cupcakes and cakes. If you're going to go into this sphere, you've got to think of something different mm -hmm. that you can offer that would set you off from the competition. Because if you're just jumping into the cupcake sphere, it's a big pond, especially depending on where you are. Now, if you're in a small town, then that's great. And that's where the research comes in, finding out how many people around there are doing cupcakes or what kind of cupcakes. Um, the trends tend to be, um, it seems like the trends are going towards, which is a good thing, uh, people wanting more local artisan bakers, like the whole mass baking thing, like the sprinkles and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. People are, a lot of especially millennials, who are the persons that are spending the most money, they're moving away from that. They want more local artisan type stuff. Okay. And actually the trend seems to be going towards to, you know, some ethnic things. Mm. Um, so ethnic desserts, if you're from a different ethnicity, you know, um, my background is not American um, and I haven't ventured yet into doing any of the treats that come from my home country is Belize. So it's a mixture of Caribbean and Latin. Okay. I haven't done any of that yet, but that's a trend that I've been reading is up and coming. Um, the macarons, yeah, macarons, mac not macarons, macarons, macarons. That's the small yeah. cookie. Macaroons is the coconut dipped in the chocolate with the caramel. The macarons has made a big comeback. That's something that I, that's the real reason I went to Paris was to learn how to make it really from over there. And I've been working on perfecting it because it's very, very difficult to perfect. Mm -hmm. It's never consistent. So that's something that I'm getting ready to add onto my menu. Actually, I'm getting ready to offer them for Easter for the first time. Okay. So I'm kind of wow. figuring out pricing yeah, and everything. Exciting. Yeah. You always have to stay yeah. offering something new to your clients. Keep it fresh. Yeah. Keep it exciting. Right. right. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, um, different things, not just the the cupcakes and the cakes. So it's just a matter of there's um, a subscription. If you're a baker, Bake News, B-A-K-E News is a free subscription. They send you stuff online and you can kind of keep up with the baking world. It's not just sweets, but, you know, uh, savory stuff also, you know, breads, that kind of stuff. It kind of keeps you knowing. Bake, bake news, bake mm -hmm. news. Okay. and um yeah and it kind of well you know you get it and it keeps you up with the trends of what they're saying is going on because you're just confined to your little world that you see right around you mm -hmm. but this is a magazine that's at everything you know worldwide so it's good to read those type of things um you know to keep up with what's going on um so yeah and so i you know i do tend to add that to the menu. I've had a lot of people ask me about it and I love okay. them. So I do tend to um, add that to the menu. And like I said, I was working on something prior to the virus situation where hopefully that I can help small business bakers and provide not necessarily a commercial mm -hmm. kitchen like the, the typical, again, I don't do the things the typical way, but I'm trying to provide an environment that will be a membership that will allow a home baker to not only get the business up and going, learn the business, make money with their products, but also help them to scale. Mm -hmm. So it's a different concept. 
and other shared kitchen. It's going to offer more for, for the monthly. And um, hopefully in the next three to five years, with regards to that, I'm hoping to franchise it and then exit on out and just be a consultant. Okay, so so go diving a little more into your three to five years. So you're looking at doing the shared space for um, aspiring, not a shared kitchen, but more so... Um, I'm gonna, it's going to be more like a baking collab is what I'm looking to put together mm -hmm. because it's going to offer more than just the space. It's going to be more than just you having the space to bake. So my baking collab is what I'm looking at. It was targeted for June of this mm -hmm. year. I'm hoping that we can still have it come this year, maybe towards okay. the end, if not the beginning mm -hmm. of next year. And so I hope to, to have that um, and then probably have it in a couple more locations, maybe get another yeah, one after that. Three, three years time. Yeah. Three years time within three years, I'm hoping that I can franchise it. And then five years, I'm basically hoping to have an exit plan. You know, someone wants mm -hmm. to buy it and I'm out and I get paid and I become a consultant and the marketing mm -hmm. person for it or the creative person for it. And mm -hmm. I'm good to go. Okay. Awesome. 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 Yeah. And that's really where it is. It's like, once you've mastered it, you want to, you know, we don't want to just walk away and vacation with all that knowledge because there are women that are coming up behind us that right. you know, we don't want to see you bump your head. It's hard enough being a woman, especially a woman of color. If we yeah. can save you that money, mm -hmm. if we can save you that heartache, that headache, um, as it relates to the legal space aspect, so the marketing, um, right. we really want to do that. Well, my whole thing is, is that in my journey, there were not enough resources for me to go to people for me to go to that have been in on the same journey that can really give me information that mm -hmm. I could use or that was knowledgeable or that I can walk out with and do something with right away. Everything was always vague. Mm -hmm. And so there is a need for that. I know there is because like I say, I do webinars. I deal with women in all of the states and I know the need for it. And I want to provide that. I want to be someone that can provide that, that can help them get over the humps that I know I had to get over. And some still there, especially capital yeah, yeah. for us. And so my whole thing, like I said, it's a collab, but it's more than just giving them a space to bake it. My hopes is that it's something that someone wants to, to do, make it a business. They can come in and once they do their stint there, whether it's six months or a year in this membership, they'll either branch out and do their own thing and they will have already built up a following and know they'll have income coming with them. Yeah. Or if they wanted to at that time, if I franchise, if they wanted to purchase their own franchise because everything has already been developed, it'll be like them having their own, you yeah. know, collab. Yeah. And, you know, so a, a concept that I really am in love with and I'm hoping that I can get it going um, within the mm -hmm. year because I think it's going to be Everybody wow. in every state that's home. Yeah. And I think and I think what you're offering is so unique and it's so different because, you know, there's a lot of women or a lot of people that can bake in that are in this space, but not everyone has the business expertise as being that you're an attorney and being able to offer mm. that and mentoring people because that's really what makes or breaks business, as we've said before. There's a lot of creatives, there's yeah. a lot of people that can put something together that tastes great, but if you 
you don't have that business mentorship, um, especially from an attorney, I mean, you know, you just, you cannot go wrong with that. Um, because that's where a lot of people fail is like understanding how business operates. So I'm excited to see that come to fruition. <laughs> Thank you. And the thing I wanted to say too is, and no knock on attorneys, but I've had this happen. I think what makes me marketable is that mm-hmm. I'm an attorney that's yeah. in the space. Yeah. So I had someone come to me and the steps that they told them in regards to getting up and going with their business was the traditional, oh yeah, you got to get incorporated, da, 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 da. but those were the mm-hmm. wrong steps for mm-hmm. that business. So I think that's what makes me marketable is because I've been through it myself. Right, right. You're a practitioner and who also happens yep. to be an attorney. Yeah, mm-hmm. awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, Don, you know what? I mean, we could probably do a whole nother hour. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so many layers to it, you know, and it's really, really exciting. It's really exciting. But before we go, I would like for you to share with our listeners where they can find you, um, especially as a relationship consulting, um, where they can reach you okay. if they are looking for the baked goods, the infused cupcakes or non-infused treats also your social media Mm -hmm. so if you could kind of share all of that and then we are wrapping up sure sure so it's delights by dawn so our website is delightsbydawn.com and you can place orders on there you can do everything on there also you can contact me at 678-852-0627 my social media is just for the baking business so I'm on Instagram very active on Instagram um, and Facebook as delights by dawn Um, for the law practice I have a law practice it's the law office of Dawn Belial on Facebook. And that's where you can reach out to me. And if you want to book a consultation or if you want help with getting yourself incorporated, if it's overwhelming, I've done this for several small bakers. They're like, I can't do it. Can you just like do everything mm-hmm. for me? And then I just give them the paperwork and it's submitted. Um, I do all of that. I also do webinars that I offer for different states for different rules in regards to the cottage food um, licensing. And then sometimes I just jump on live like I was on live the other day talking about the coronavirus, the lock-in and whether we can still, you know, make our goods because we are considered essential. So that's on my law office page. I post legal stuff and stuff that would be important legal wise and business wise on that page. Yeah, they are. (laughs) Yeah, you still got to have a birthday, still got to have an anniversary. So yeah, so Law Office of Don Belial on the Facebook page. So follow me on that for the legal stuff. And then Delights by Don on all other social awesome, media. Awesome. Well, Don, we appreciate you. Thank you so, so much. I really, really pray and hope that our, our viewers and our listeners reach out to you, stay connected, follow you. If nothing else, follow your social, follow your journey for inspiration and to stay connected. And I don't want, I don't want our ladies to lose hope of their dream because sometimes people feel like it's far away and it's not. It's closer than you think, but you just it's need not. to take that first mm-hmm. step, take that first leap. Uh, research read follow Dawn look at what she's doing look at the other ladies in the industry so that's it that's all we have for today ladies thank you so much for tuning in to another podcast we're pretty powerful of course we you can um, watch more of our podcast on our Spotify follow us on Instagram at pretty powerful daily and thanks again Don and thanks everyone for listening thank you for having me you have a great day Bye-bye.